trying to expropriate you know, the prestige of science for our own dubious project. But when Prabhupada talked about science, he had a particular word in mind, a word in mind, began. Jnana Vigyana. This is Brahma. Jnana means theoretical knowledge and Vigyana means experience or, uh, or practical uh, knowledge. And in the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, that word is used. Calls it Gukhyam, 
a confidential. Now, that doesn't mean, when, when something is confidential, Prabhupada is described, it means that not everyone will be able to appreciate it. How many people who use computers actually know how to code computers, right? To write code. Not very many. It's confidential. <laughs> Just because it's confidential doesn't mean it's not science. It's like some esoteric hidden, you know, that's, huh. it means that not everybody's qualified. It's a good thing it's confidential if it's, you know, if I know it, how can it be so secret? <laughs> anyway, uh, so he says he calls it bukya, uh, confidential knowledge, but not everyone can appreciate it. That's all. That's science, any science is like that, a certain level, you have to be trained and educated in order to be able to make your way around in it. Then he says it is pavitram, uh, pure. Uh, uttamam, Prabhupada translated as transcendental. Pratyaksha avagamam dhamyam. This word pratyaksha, you know, literally, right in front of the eyes, direct experience. It gives direct experience. That's what people are looking for. Direct experience of what? Direct experience of the self. Uh, and susukam kartam, it's fun to do. <laughs> you can say it's pleasant. It's, it's nice. So any, any this science that, that, that relieves us of the miseries of material existence, that is actually fun to do, uh, uh, that is the highest knowledge. Uh, uh, people should uh, should go through. So, what are the obstacles uh, for, for this kind of thing? But by the way, Prabhupada was quite serious about this as a science. Uh, early on, he Prabhupada recalls being invited to talk uh, to, to the. MIT in, in Cambridge. Uh, his audience, by the way, was professors and graduate students. And he said that when I lectured at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, I asked the students, where is the technology to study the soul, the mover of the body? They had no such technology. I mean, why don't you have a department for the soul? I mean, can you imagine these MIT people department of the soul? Be out of his mind? They could not answer satisfactorily because their education was simply jada vidya, vidya, jada. You know what jada means? Huh? Ignorant and dull. Dull knowledge, your knowledge of matter, jada vidya. He calls it jada, jada vidya. The Ishwapanishad says that those who engage in the advancement of such materialistic education will go to the darkest region of ignorance, of existence. 
Therefore, the present civilization is in a very dangerous position because there is no arrangement anywhere in the world for genuine spiritual education. In this way, human society is being pushed to the darkest region of existence. So, what we are doing here today, people, you know, this is religion. Now, over there, they have science. Here we have religion. They have knowledge. We have belief. Uh, because we've gone through a process which historians call secularization. And, uh, you know, the religion is okay, but it has its place. It really shouldn't interfere with the real interesting things like making money <laughs> and, uh, and gaining political power and so on. I mean, it's the, people want to change that somewhat, but everybody's a little afraid of that. Uh, and you have all over, and you may notice this rise of fundamentalism. You know, in America, we have the Christian fundamentalists. We have the Hindu people in India, and we have the Muslim fundamentalists. You, you may notice this is happening. As people are really, uh, uh, how to say, at a loss with modern civilization, where is it going and what it's bringing about. But, so far, all that all can present is something that looks very much like various forms of fanaticism uh, and with a violent edge to it. Uh, uh, yeah. Usually means if you're one thing, you hate somebody who's not, whatever it may be. You know, Hindu fundamentalism, Muslim fundamentalist, Jewish fundamentalist, you know, if you're not that, they, they hate you. So people are a little afraid of that. And that's, a, that's a, our secular, uh, you know, so far material progress is done by this secularization. It hasn't satisfied everybody in every way. And now you have these kind of reactions taking place. So, the idea is that we want to present is, is the, the idea of presenting uh, Krishna consciousness not as a particular religion. Prabhupada never thought it was a particular religion. Dharma doesn't mean this religion or that religion. It means a, a, a natural way. And um, the, the I, I, idea of this is how to have knowledge of spirit that's scientific. Where is the technology to study the soul, the self, the mover of the body? Now, what reigns now is modern material science. Now, modern science performs an initial act of abstraction. It abstracts from the world in terms of quantity. You can measure things, and a great deal of the world can be dealt with in terms of numbers. But you have performed an act of abstraction. You ignore quality, 
and you've just got numbers. Uh, and and that, that's one thing that is useful to do that. Nobody disagrees with dealing with the world in terms of numbers. But then you go from science to scientism. And I would say scientism is an ideology that if it can't be expressed in terms of numbers, it doesn't exist. And that also has been done. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Uh, uh, and they, 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 they tell a story that at the beginning, of, as far as they know, there were simple, very simple structures of matter completely describable in terms of numbers. And then these structures of matter started to become more complicated. You know, there was the subatomic particles, and then they, you know, gradually came together, and then you got uh, atoms, and first you had the quarks, and charm quarks, and whatever, you know, mystical things come out. Uh, uh, when you ram particles into each other at more and more fast speeds. But in the simple structures of matter, completely explainable terms of numbers, then they get more complicated. Right? Now, why that happens, I don't know. I mean, time has been defined as the direction of entropy. But what you're getting in this is the opposite of entropy. You're going from, <laughs> you're getting more and more organized. And so they just say, well, we're in some anti-entropic branch system for some reason. <laughs> so these, these, these structures of matter, completely describable in terms of numbers, they get more complicated. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, then you end up with atoms, and then atoms make molecules. And then there's carbon atoms, and then you start to get big molecules, you know. And, and then, at a certain point, something interesting happens. That not only do you have complicated structures of matter, but you have something else. The experience of structures of matter. That's right, because we're talking about them, right? There's experience of structures of matter. And the big problem is what to do with that anomalous thing, the experience of... Because the experience of structure of matter is not another structure of matter. And in fact, if you look at the structure of matter, completely expressible in terms of numbers, there's no room for the experience of structures of matter. You can't even talk about it. And people who are rigorous material scientists have been trying to not deal with it. I write it off as an illusion, <laughs> but it's there. And this is what we call consciousness. 
the matter has become animated and uh, then you get evolution, you know, you get life forms and then those get more and more complicated and that's, that's, that's how things come about. The only, th the, the anomaly is the experience of structures of matter, what we would call consciousness. When I say consciousness, I simply mean the ability to undergo experiences. This cup is it's, it's a thing, right? You can completely describe it in terms of numbers. Exhaustible, presumably. It's, a, it's an object in space and it's sitting here. But it's wholly an object. I'm also, my body is of somewhat more complicated structures of matter. But I'm not just an object, I'm a, I'm a subject. I undergo experiences. I have significance for myself. This cup only has significance for others. How does that happen? It's the big mystery for everybody. Now, Bhagavad Gita tells us this is what happens, that Krishna has two energies, Vinaprakriti, Ashtada, and another energy, and they, the confluence of these two energies, they come together, and the world arises. The para and apara they come together, and they're together. But this, this consciousness, this ability to undergo experiences, this doesn't come out of the matter. It's just they're together. I mean, this is samkhya philosophy. They're together, but this is a, a, a different energy. And they're just associated with each other like this. Together, we are inhabiting various kinds of bodies. Uh, it's becoming a revelation to people that actually animals undergo experiences. They have significance for themselves. They have their own lives. And we don't know how, you know. And people, at least something's happening. I think because of the chanting of Hare Krishna, people are beginning to take that seriously, you know? These way people may have their own things. People have begun to notice that, that they have languages, that they have talked to each other. There was just a big revelation that about a year ago where elephants have feelings. No, I, I, I was in Mayapur when, when one of the elephants died and the other was crying. I mean, tears are rolling out of the eyes of this elephant. And obviously, this is like news to people. <laughs> that the, the animals are undergoing experience. They have their own lives and they have significance for themselves. Different from us, we don't know what it's like to be in, in those bodies and have those set of senses. Of, cognitive and cognitive senses, but they're undergoing those experiences. So, this is what, if modern material science does not deal with experiences, it's because it's written out of the ontology from the beginning. And, and then, how is that scientific? If I can't describe it in terms of numbers, 
It doesn't exist. Who says so? Who's laying down the rules? Is that science? Science works by rules, but who it's a social process which makes the rules up. So that that that's what that's what. So they need a different uh, set of rules. Now what we are doing is called another thing. It's called religion, you know, and of course that's based on faith and subjective and nobody. Uh, but I I want I want to talk about this as a science, and uh, that we have direct perception of the self by realization. That we can clarify consciousness. And by that clarification of consciousness, not only do we understand ourselves as spiritual beings, experience ourselves as not this body. We say I'm not the body as well. I remember the first time I tried to explain to somebody that you're not the body. Say, you're trying to say I'm not me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we have this identification of the body. What causes the identification of the self with the body, or we would say the misidentification of the self with the body? Sense gratification. That's what does it. So, we have our four regular principles. No intoxication, no illicit sex, no eating, no gambling. People think of these as moral rules. Rules of morality. Most religions have moral rules and they think these are the rules you must follow. Especially the Abrahamic faiths are laying down these are the rules. Uh, if you follow the rules, after you die, you'll go to heaven. And if you break them, after you die, you'll go to hell. That's it. That's what these rules are for. They're just reward and punishment for some future, as the communists used to say, there'll be a pie in the sky when you die, making fun of the Christians. <laughs> you know? But we don't see that the, the regular principles are actually principles of knowledge. They're noetic principles. They're principles of cognition. So we generally uh, there's thinking, feeling, and acting. Those are the three kind of realms of behavior that we do, the, the, the thinking, feeling, and, uh, uh, of, of, of knowing things, the realm of what's true and what's false. And then there's feelings, the emotions, aesthetics, what's ugly, what's beautiful, what's attractive, what's not attractive. And then the realm of action, and therefore we, there's moral action and immoral action, or legal or illegal action, like that, your good or bad action for getting your results. These are the three realms that we deal with. Uh, uh, corresponding, transcendent, Satchit Ananda. 
Socrates, uh, Plato, the good, the true, and the beautiful. These are all characteristics of the same same list in the absolute truth that known as the good. What is one but manifests as the good, the true, and the beautiful. Uh, and, 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 and so we kind of separate them off. And, and, and uh, say, yeah, these are, are, are three different uh, realms. So uh, it's understandable to have that con uh, that, that confusion, uh, but uh, we should look at these. We we're not that separated. In reality, there's one reality manifest in different ways. But uh, this realm of action uh, of our regular principles, not just rules of morality, that will make knowledge possible. Uh, that is to say, knowledge of uh, the science of the self. Uh, uh, and this is what the Bhagavad Gita is talking about. So, so people, should people understand this, that, that when we begin to follow the principles of Krishna consciousness, when we begin to clarify consciousness, so this is a dealing with consciousness itself, taking it seriously, uh, we understand that consciousness is the symptom of the presence of the self. Uh, and, and we start to clarify that consciousness by our activities of uh, being pure and eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, as Prabhupada said. Uh, uh, we don't eat meat, fish, and eggs. It makes a difference in the consciousness. What what you what you do uh, with that? Uh, and when you and we know that there we have a treatment of, of dealing with the uh, consciousness, which is the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. It's like a medicine for consciousness, and if we, and the chanting we could start, we just do it even mechanically. Now, people have complained to me that I've chanted for so long and nothing has happened, but you, there's a certain thing that one has to do for chanting that, 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 that one has to chant the Hare Krishna mantra while trying to give up offenses. In the beginning, anybody can chant, we don't care, but now if you want to make some advancement, then there's offenses to be avoided. And we have this list of the 10 offenses. Where to begin, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, the, uh, the offense from which all the other offenses spring is inattentiveness while chanting. So here we're dealing with this phenomena of attention. Attention is the focusing of consciousness. Uh, and and uh, uh, buddhi governs attention and buddhi is the way in which the super soul begins to affect us through, through buddhi. <coughs> Uh, that's why Krishna consciousness is often in the Bhagavad Gita referred to as Buddhi Yoga. Buddhi Yoga, the Dami Buddhi Yoga, Dami Nyanam Amitabhati. 
So, so we we should chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. So we sit there and it's good to take a vow. So you start. Okay, I'll chant one round a day. Fine. Whatever your capacity is, chant one round a day. While you chant, you can be chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna and thinking of so many things. People have said to me, I get so many good ideas when I chant. <laughs> Uh, uh, so the idea is that, that, that I, I can chant while doing other things. Uh, that's inattentive chanting. That's not very attentive. Uh, the pure stage of chanting, our mind is fixed on the on Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and stays there. The clearing stage is I fix my mind on the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra and then I discover somewhere down the line after maybe three or four mantras it's gone somewhere else. I don't know how that's happening. You can't find out when it happens. <laughs> when it happened, you notice it happened. So if when you find the mind is wanted, you bring it back. And you keep there, and it goes again, you bring it back, and you don't quit. Then you're chanting on the clearing stage. Just making the consistent effort, you're chanting on the clearing stage. Now, when we're chanting on the clearing stage, the pure name is not manifest. But what's manifest is called Nam Abasa. Uh, uh, the dawning light of the holy name. Our Mahamacharya Haridas Thakur gives the example of Abhasa that, that at night time the forest is a very dangerous place and it's full of dangerous things uh, wild animals uh, thieves, dacoits, highwaymen uh, and, and Buddhas, Pratas, ghosts, hobgoblins, and everything. You know, so it's dangerous. But the, when the dawning light is in the sky, just the dawning twilight, the abasa, the dawning twilight is in the sky, the forest becomes safe. You know that when that dawn, just the dawning light, the sun's below the horizon, but just that dawning light, the, 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 the thieves and the, the the robbers go back to their hideouts and the wild animals go back to their dens and lairs and we know that Dracula goes back in his coffin <laughs> and the werewolf turns back into a human, you know, it becomes safe just that, so it says in the same way, he says just this Nam Abasa destroys all sinful reactions and and brings one to the higher level of consciousness. It destroys sinful reality. What was the other thing? How did you put it after that? But, but this not, and, and one makes spiritual advancement. Then the, the, the pure light. Uh, with Namabasa, you can understand completely that I'm not the body. Just Namabasa. No, it gives liberation. The fruit of Namabasa is The fruit of Namabasa is Mukti. Yeah. 
That's what Haridas Thakur got into problem because he was telling this to a group of Brahmins and people got upset, you know. Mir Nama Basaka Mukti. Because the Shuddha Nam gives Krishna Prema. So the Nama Basa destroys all sinful action and gives Mukti. So we can, all of us, get to the platform. We just have to be sincere in trying. We just have to be sincere. This is the science of consciousness. It's a science, you know, you're sitting there and you know what consciousness is there. You know what attention is. You know what, you know, your mind goes away and you're coming back. You can do it. It's doable. It's hard because, you, you, you know, it's, in fact, it's very humiliating when you discover how hard it is to concentrate the mind, you know, uh, just on the, on the holy name. But if one just persistently tries like this, uh, you'll see a, you'll see a change in consciousness, and then you know everything. The world will start to look differently. The bodies will look better. Uh, uh, Shastra will become more and more clear. You become more peaceful, and happy. you'll see these things happen. Because what happens is that. The modes of passion and the modes of ignorance, they start to diminish. Uh, and, and then uh, the, the mode of goodness becomes established. Anyone can do this. This is Lord Chaitanya's mercy. You know, you don't have to go to the Himalayas and all that other stuff, which is also a dangerous place now, even more so. But uh, this, we, we can do this. This, this. this is an experimental procedure. You just, you can't be doing funny things to animals. You just have to make yourself the object of the experiment. And so it's good. It's, it, 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 you know, I, I mean, when I first started chanting Hare Krishna, I, I had these these kind of reactions somewhere or other. I was a little lucky to really be desperate in my life and really concentrate on the holy name and I could see changes taking place. And then you'll start to see Krishna doing things out in the world. That, that's a whole other trip. But you will, you'll be able to start to see a pattern to accidents and a pattern to coincidences and things will happen that that uh, the hand of the Supreme will become visible uh, to help you make advancement, whatever it is we need. That, but, that, but, uh, but anyway, so th this, this, is, this is a science uh, of self-realization. And that consciousness becomes clarified by this. Right now, you see, Prabhupada is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, and again, here's another kind of decision. What is the standard of advancement of society? He says, Prabhupada writes, formerly the standard of advancement was the standard of the mode of goodness. Now the standard of advancement is what? Mode of passion. Right? All the work, all the employment everybody has, every ambition you want, the standard of what is the standard of the mode of passion? That's true, isn't it? 
What is the, according to the Bhagavad Gita, what is the result of the mode of passion? Pain, pain. Huh? Pain. Misery, yes, pain and misery. Guess where we're going. <laughs> You'll see it's true. People are not becoming happy. Unless, of course, they try. What they do when the pain comes, because they don't have access to the mode of goodness, they go to the mode of ignorance. Start snorting cocaine, and of course, marijuana is legal in many states. You know, that's what they do. And the mode of ignorance is complete misery. The suicide increases. This is our science. And it is a science. And we need to become leaders in that science. It's doable. Consciousness is there. You can watch. And, and now let me just say one other thing about consciousness. That, that, that. Well, let me stop right now. Any questions or comments about this? Uh, yeah, about my view. <laughs> okay. This question is from the internet. I think you answered them, but I still read them out. Um, the first question, the person asked Hare Krishna, could you please ask his grace to elaborate the difference between spirit soul and super soul? Between? The spirit soul and super soul. Oh, we'll come to that actually, the spirit soul and the super soul. Okay. That's a good question, and that's, that's the next topic. Okay, the next one is from uh, Rajendra Kumar Prabhu. The question is, I have heard your history of I have heard your history of ISKCON seminar and it brought about how some Prabhupada disciples had some anarthas which led to their spiritual mistakes. My question is, I too find those same anarthas of lust, greed, anger in me. Even though after ten years of chanting and Krishna Conscious Association. What advice you would give me to get rid of those anathas and not commit spiritual fall down? Yeah, I can only give the idea of the basic principles of Krishna consciousness. Uh, you, you know, the, 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 for myself, I discovered uh, certain things from, from, from chanting. Uh, and uh, I'll just tell you my own experience because my my first real intense experience with the holy name was really off-putting and I thought it was bad and then I realized it wasn't and, and I, I, I think that, that if one just makes arrangements to try to chant the Hare Krishna mantra any, anyway you know the, the, the when I joined the movement, of course, everybody was a new devotee. All of us were inexperienced, and I didn't have really very good guidance. And japa was something you kind of did in the morning to get a bit on with the real stuff of the day, you know, get it all done. <laughs> uh, and it finally dawned on me that 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 japa was kind of a thing in itself, and that it was really really important. And of course, the, that's in all our books. But the devotees were were not so much uh, into it. So I, I started to try to, to chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra 
and really pay attention. And I noticed that, that when I started to really chant and pay attention, I felt un an uneasiness, discomfort. And I thought, my God, why is this happening? You know, I mean, uh, uh, I didn't know what was there. And, and the more I chanted, you know, trying to pay attention, the more kind of really uneasy I, I felt. And I didn't know how to deal with this. And then, and I was too embarrassed to tell anybody about it. Uh, and, and so then I decided, well, you know, I'm going to have, I put my commitment in the Holy Name. I'm just going to tolerate it and see what happens. And so I just kept chatting and I just put up with this unease, which increased. And then one day, and maybe after one or two, after one or just two weeks of this, you know, not too much, close to one or two weeks, all of a sudden that unease got really increased and then it just came, like, like, like somebody opened a, a hose or something, like water pouring out of a fire hydrant or something. It was grief. I felt overwhelming grief. And, and, and I quickly realized what it was. That I had turned away from Krishna and I had come to the material world. And that Krishna was perfect and wonderful in all respects. And that the, my turning away from him was just wicked. Was just like horrible thing to do. It was like such a betrayal. And that's why I felt so bad about myself. Again, I didn't say anything. Our slogan was chant and be happy. No, no one said chant and feel grief. <laughs> and, and so I figured, you know, I don't belong in the Hare Krishna movement. Somehow I'm a demon. That, that, that's got to get in among these devotees. But still, you know, that, 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 that in some sense it felt good to get it out. You know, I mean, it was, there, there was kind of a, a, a relief of tension. And, and then I thought, then I thought, wait a minute, you know, I've turned away from Krishna, I've come to the material world, but the only reason I know this is because Prabhupada came and brought this Hare Krishna mantra to us in the West. And this meant that Krishna didn't turn away from me. That, you know, I appreciated the difficulty that Prabhupada went through to, to bring her, and I thought, this was done for me. And therefore, Krishna didn't, even though I turned away from Krishna, which was just, a, I saw that in it, just, just sheer envy, you know, just, I'm not God and that's the problem, you know, something like that. But that, 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 that hadn't turned away from me and then I felt filled with gratitude. So, no, and I, I didn't talk about this for years. God, I didn't think it happened to anybody else or whatever like that. But I think whatever we need to go through, we will, we will, we will go through. 
Oh, by the way, I finally, I, you know, 15 or 20 years later, I realized it was bona fide. Uh, because uh, in, the, in the year 2000, uh, that was the year I was the chairman of the GBC, and I realized ISCOM was going to have a very rough year. We'll get into all the details. But, so I decided that I was trying to get the whole GBC, look, let's go to all Vrindavan together and let's do the Kartika Vrata 64 rounds today. Just as a PR move, you couldn't beat it. But and I just thought <laughs> to purify. And, you know, people had already made plans and stuff like that. So I did it myself. I don't got the GBC chairman. I'll, I'll just do this. Kartika Vrata. And, and, and then uh, during that Vrata, I got a hold of a book of Bhaktivinoda uh, Thakur about chanting the holy names. Uh, and, and I started reading the last chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is Lord Chaitanya reciting the Sushastika prayers. Uh, and, and somehow or other, I hadn't dawned on me what was in those chapters. First of all, Prabhupada retranslated them. The one we would always recite in the morning was an earlier trend. He translated them over again. And then it also describes Lord Chaitanya speaking these these prayers one after the other, verses one after the other, to Ramananda Roy and, and, and Swarup Damodar, his confidential associates. He, he's doing that and, and he is uh, describing what Lord Chaitanya felt. So you get to the, the first prayer, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, all these wonderful things that happen when you're victorious. The second prayer, you, your mercy is, your mercy is that you have so many names. And you put all your potencies in the name, and you made it easy to chant. Tava Kripa Bhagavan. And then, Mamapi But my misfortune, there's a contrast in that verse. Your, 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 your mercy and my misfortune. That even in spite of that, I'm still not attracted. I have no taste for this chanting. And when Lord Chaitanya chanted, it says he experienced Danya and Vishada. Humility and grief. And I thought, my God, it's bona fide. <laughs> huh? That was the year 2000. I thought, it's bona fide, you know? And, 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 uh, and so that's why I'm talking about it now, because otherwise it's stupid. <laughs> We're bona fide. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's what, what he felt. He felt. And then if you read through this, this dainya, where every verse it increases. And then of course you see how this leads in the next verse, Trinada Pi Suniche I've lowered in the straw in the street more talk. And that's when I began to realize, you know, what a wonderful thing it is to actually cultivate humility. And that 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 that, that this is 
And that as humility increases, love of God increases. I mean, all the way through the, the humility is, is there. So that was my, my own experience. I, as I said, I didn't have a whole lot of proper guidance in the beginning, and, and I didn't talk about it with anybody else. And, uh, and uh, when, But it was such a relief to find out it was bona fide, uh, to feel that way. So, so in, in one sense, Lord Chaitanya, is, if, if, with, with the cultivation of the chanting of Hare Krishna mantra, that's our medicine. And you just do a few, we do a few things to take it right. Uh, uh, it's good to chant with a vow. If you're initiated, we've taken a vow to do 16, but if you're not initiated, you make a vow. Okay, I'll chant two rounds a day. But just do those well, and do it with attention, a, a, a and keep the vow, and then increase as you can you'll find things start to happen. This is a science of consciousness. It clarifies consciousness. When, when that happens, when the consciousness becomes clarified to, to a certain extent, you then, something else happens. And what happens is you begin to get contact with the super soul. Because the Atma and the Paramatma are both Atma. In other words, knowing Krishna, at least as far as Paramatma goes, is something like knowing yourself. Because this was the other thing that, that gradually began to happen. I realized one day that I was absolutely convinced about Krishna's presence, his existence. And I worried about being convinced about that. If you have a certain enough academic training, <laughs> you'll be worried about having convictions. <laughs> and I thought, how, how am I so convinced about that? I just had no doubt whatsoever that, 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 that the Lord is there and he's in my heart and he's in the world. None whatsoever. Uh, and I was worried about that, you know, that I, ha I, couldn't, I couldn't see how I had any right to that conviction. And I actually went to, uh, at the time, uh, I had a disciple, she's passed away now, but she had a PhD in philosophy from Renmar, and she was a, uh, a, an Anglican theologian before she became a, a, a devotee, and I talked to her about it, you know. And she said, well, it's, you know, just think of it as, as a blessing. <laughs> and then there was a, a distinction which I'd never heard between certainty and certitude. You have certitude, and one one called a certainty. I don't have it, some probably technical. But I think this is a, an experience that's genuinely spiritual people will have of, of this certainty or certitude, if you want to call it that, about Krishna. But I can explain it now. Because knowing Krishna is like knowing yourself. I mean, he is the self of the self. The, the, the reflexive pronoun is there. And there's an overlap between, the, there's some correspondence and uh, congruence between the, the individual self and the super self. And, and, and uh, so that, that reason I became uh, completely convinced about, about, about Krishna consciousness. 
so that we will encounter Krishna. Knowing Krishna is something like knowing yourself. And then I began to understand something I had spent a lot of time on before I was devoting the, the, the ontological argument for the existence of God, the proof, the ontological proof that 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 God exists so truly, so truly, cannot be conceived of as not existing. Um, if you think that God might exist or might not exist, you're not thinking of God because that that's this or that. This computer might exist. This book might exist or not exist. This table might. But God, that's not what we mean by God. If you know what we mean by God, He exists without the possibility of not existing. That's sort of. Idea. And I could see, I could see where that came from. Uh, that, that 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 degree of conviction uh, that that people have. So uh, and this is this is this is a, a science of self-realization. Uh, it is it, it is on the standard uh, of advancement of the mode of goodness. Uh, we owe it to ourselves as human beings to do this. And especially we owe it to the rest of society because otherwise it, things are going to get very rough. The result of the mode of passion is misery. And, and we have to bring about a change in consciousness. Nobody, as far as I know, really knows how to do this in a systematic and easily available way than Krishna uh, consciousness. That's, that's my own... Uh, conviction. So this is Vijnana. This is uh, direct perception. Uh, uh, and, and Krishna begins to appear. And anyway, the world also starts to look like a, a, a different kind of a place than what you may uh, uh, think it may be. Uh, Anyway, any questions now? We can finish up. Comments? Yes, Prabhu? Mike? Mike? Hello, Krishna. Thank you for the uh, illuminating, wonderful class. Uh, I have two questions. Uh, first question is uh, at our level, uh, which one is more important, humility or tolerance? Because humility looks like a far out concept. Uh, it's it's really very uh, uh, very high level. So at our level, what is the They sort of go together. Shunada Pisudeshena, that's the first one. Humility, which is only realism. How big is a spirit soul? One ten thousand to the head is, you know, <laughs> one quarter of an angstrom unit <laughs> the size of a spirit soul. <laughs> if it's a human hair. <laughs> <laughs> so we're very tiny. You know, it's, it's just realism. Uh, to me, that's easier than... than I think humility comes first, and then this tarori uh, like like a notice with, with the tree, it's two things uh, that 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 uh, it, it puts up with everything and still gives fruit and shade or whatever uh, to others. 
so doesn't anybody support the zero example is the woodman comes to cut down the tree. First he takes an apple under the shade, then he has lunch from its fruit, then he cuts it down and the tree gives these things. So, uh, that to me is harder than, than, than uh, just being humble. Uh, sure, anyway, but we got to get there. Huh? Thank you. And uh, the next question was, uh, how to see Krishna's hands, like you talked about mindset, that was really a wonderful thing. How to see Krishna's hands in everything, like for example there are some events that might happen and then maybe we get more facility to serve Krishna, or it's good or bad, there is some, uh, it acts like a catalyst um, or some event that uh, yeah. helps us to how to exactly see Krishna's hand? Because well, you, you just, I, 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 it just, uh, it depends on the context, what it is, and whether you recognize it or not. Sometimes you're not sure. Uh, sometimes it looks frustrating. You know, Prabhupada, uh, for so long, tried to do so many things, uh, uh, and it seemed like he was frustrated. He wanted to come to the West. It took took a long time. He didn't finally show up uh, until 1965. And Krishna's in charge of timing too. You know, it wasn't the right time. It brought, but it he he castigates himself in public that I I was told by my spiritual master when I was a young man to preach in the West, but I was so entangled with family life that I didn't do anything until the, my old age. But just imagine if it had showed up in America in 1956, you know, 55. He came at the right time. So sometimes Krishna's just keeping somebody on ice and doing, you can't always know exactly what Krishna wants. But, but if we're willing to take us whatever we need to do, we're trying to advance in Krishna consciousness. He'll let us know. Uh, what it what it is? I, 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 I completely. He's not. He's not in the business of blocking our advancement. And sometimes he's not subtle. <laughs> not subtle at all. Rather shockingly obvious what 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 what, what he's doing. Uh, and uh, so it makes it hard for you to evade. <laughs> What, what, he, what he's asking of you. So we do. We just have to be. To, to me, what we can control is our own mentality and our own attitude and our own desire for advancement. And, and really, um, you know, the the, the just 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 to, to, to me at least, it's appreciating uh, that that I that I have come in contact with devotees, that I have some Krishna consciousness, that I know my criminal history before I became a devotee, I'm totally not worthy of any of this, that, it, that, that is Krishna's mercy, and that, uh, that I feel thankful for what, for, for what I have, uh, and, and, and uh, take full advantage of it. That, that's what, what, yeah, that's what we, we, we need to be in that, that sort of attitude, I think.
And remember, just humility is just realism. That's, that, that, that's all it is. And if we're getting proud as credit, if you want to see somebody, you know, think of how great Krishna is. That's one thing. You know, just imagine the difference. You know, who am I? And, and, and even Lord Brahma is one ten thousand the tip of a hair in size too when it comes down to it. <laughs> That's his, his, his condition too. We're all very small compared to Krishna. Yeah? Thanks, Prabhu, for the nice class. Um, I'm just going to ask this question on behalf of uh, some new visitors. Uh, there's a two part question. Uh, one, you mentioned Krishna consciousness very often in your class. Could you? And you also mentioned science. So when we think of science, we think the study of matter. But you mentioned that Krishna consciousness is a science. So can you explain what's Krishna consciousness? How does what is a science behind it? And uh, and uh, how can we uh, how can we apply the science uh, to reach the goal of uh, knowing who we are and who God is? Yeah. Well. Uh, for, to, to say something is a science means that something can be practically applied. But it's the science of dealing with consciousness. As I said earlier, material science deals with matter and abstracts from the world in terms of numbers. That's very useful to do. It becomes scientism when they think if it can be expressed in terms of numbers, it doesn't exist or it's not worth considering. But, but we're dealing with consciousness. It's a science of consciousness. And consciousness, we learn, is the radiance or the current of spirit. The consciousness does not arise from matter. We, got, we have this certain guide. People are trying to, always trying to figure out how you got, you got You've got matter and how consciousness comes out. You dig around in the brain, you can't find consciousness. You could maybe you know, stimulate some neurons and somebody has an experience, but you can't get from the neurons to the experience because they're different ontological categories. And to, they, they, it's actually the consciousness which creates matter more than the other way around, you know. But Krishna has brought them together. Uh, as Prabhupada had explained it in the, in the early days in the VI, both matter and life come from life. And you can't get rid of the life or the consciousness. So our, our Krishna consciousness is a way to deal with the clarification of consciousness. And we have a, 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 a treatment for contaminated consciousness, which is the application of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, which Cheto Darpanamarjana, the first thing it does is consciousness is like a mirror that reflects something. The mirror right now is dirty. You start to cleanse the mirror, and then all things start to become revealed. You become revealed, and then the God becomes revealed, the world becomes revealed. 
and we, it's very simple to describe. It's a little bit difficult, but it's, you know, you want to do any job that's worthwhile, it's a little difficult. I mean, if you're a material scientist, you've got to spend hours and hours and hours in test tubes or whatever and cataloging everything and keeping track of it and keeping a ledger, and, you know, losing sleep, <laughs> losing your notebooks. <laughs> anyway, there's difficulty with everything. This is difficulty for something that's worthwhile, very worthwhile, the most worthwhile thing we can do. And how can we... Conscious to that, this is, this is our world. This is the world we live in is a world that comes into us through our consciousness. How, how can, why do we, do we allow it to be full of garbage and junk and uncontrolled and, and uh, wild that we don't, don't deal with the most immediate thing? And then these ideas that I'm not this body, but I'm this, all these things will become clearer to us. And that's because there's a, a practical application that we have people who can give guidance, do this next, do this, if this goes wrong, do this, try, you know, we, we know how it's done. You have to want it, that's all. If all you want is a bigger paycheck, then maybe you know, it's not what you're looking for. Thank you, Prabhu. I, I, it was really enlightening to hear your experience about uh, when you when you were studying in personalist, mm -hmm. complete uh, interpretations and that's uh, interpretation. Krishna is the conclusion. So my question is related to impersonalism mm -hmm. because um, generally, as practitioners, some of us, uh, some of our impersonalist, impersonalistic ideas would have been either crushed. Uh, by the practitioner bhakti and the whole Krishna conscious process, or we may not wander through that side because Mayavad Basha, Sanyubhavala Sarna, so we don't want to wander there, just stick here. But as your experience indicates, you already studying the impersonalism, you just ruled it out altogether. So I, I want to ask now um, in the modern world, when we are presenting Krishna consciousness to folks around, they may not be having my conception at all, but maybe impersonalism in some form or the other. So what kind of impersonalism operates now in 21st century? It may not be Shankara's Advaita, but we may have to deal with Well, I mean, people may not know Shankara Acharya anymore or Advaita Vedanta, although I think it's still pretty common around everywhere. Most people who are in, ask most people, are they spiritual? They say yes. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. What do you mean by spiritual? And they, there's something, there's something big, there's something there, you know, there's something out there, something more. You know, it's like a very uneducated in personalism. <laughs> But they they tend toward impersonalism is kind of to me it's like primitive religion, uh, uh, animism, uh, and it's it's not that impersonalism is wrong as such. Uh, it's just partial. 
because people have a part of the truth, then they want to blow it up to be the whole truth. But because they have a part of it, it looks valid. But it's just not the key to all and everything. Just like material science, it works. So then they okay, now we've got, we got the, we've got the keys to the kingdom. But it's the same way with, 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 with Mayavada or in, in personalism. There's some truth to it. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, and we incorporate it. I mean, we know that the Brahma Jyoti is the effulgence of Krishna. Uh, people are turned away from personalism. Well, I tried to tell, once I tried to get tell a guy that God is a person, uh, he says, people stink. <laughs> and I realized there's going to be a problem. He hated himself. He hated his kids. He hated his wife. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, people have bad experiences with other people and they want to go to something that's like, wow, there's no people here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, you, you know, you have, uh, all a devotee can do is try to say, well, you know, not everybody's like that. That's sometimes hard to do. Yeah. Well, I have a good question. Uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Lord Chaitanya's interaction with uh, different uh, religionist group, for example, Bhutijam, there was a big uh, debate and he was defeated. There was also in Jain and also Islam and many prominent religions have uh, been uh, described in Chaitanya But I could not find anything interaction with Christianity. But it has been said like in Kerala and Goa there are very prominent churches before Lord Chaitanya. So were there any you know, Christian scholars at that time where they met Lord Chaitanya or uh, is there any other scriptures other than Chaitanya Charitamrita? Not as far as I know. I see no mention of, uh, of Christianity anywhere. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <coughs> I don't think so. It's not, not mentioned at all. Huh? Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. From you or from the world outside? <laughs> from me. Okay. So, um, if we think about the end of all the verses, um, it may be a general question. Like, I'm, I'm talking about the ultimate goal of Inchikshashrata's Aslushava uh, Pavilat, you embrace me or um, you ignore me, I, I just serve you. Mm -hmm. But then the concept of feeling and separation is what uh, the virahva is, is considered a success in our sampradaya. But if we, if we, if, suppose if we consider this, this whole thing as a product and if we sell it, and if we tell anybody that this, this kind is what is the result of it, then it doesn't sound so nice. Like even in, the, in this world, like, oh, we are going to separate and we are going to cry for our whole life. But then how do we, how do we reconcile with that and understand that that's the top lesson? Well, people don't understand spiritual feelings. Mm. Uh, and it, it, the, what devotees experience is 
increasing intensity of love for Krishna. And the, Prabhupada uses the phrase associating with Krishna through strong feelings of separation that sounds like it's almost contradictory. contradictory. But you're associating and they, they relish this sense of, of separation because it adds to the intensity of love for Krishna. And so you're associating, it's, 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 these, you know, these are spiritual feelings which are very, very elevated. Uh, and uh, as we advance, should we get, be able to get a, 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 an appreciation for them more and more? That's all. I, that's all. I, I, that's all I, I can say about that. Uh, because the only way to understand a feeling is to have it. <laughs> and, and, and these kinds of, 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 of feelings are, are extremely elevated. But those who are the, you might say, the real connoisseurs of spiritual emotions, variegated, ever-increasing bliss, have this idea of something that even transcends the difference between union and separation to something that's like unifies opposites. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, it's really postgraduate spiritual life. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Prabhu, like I think last answer was so. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think uh, you know yesterday class and today also like Bhakti Vedanta purports the words were dancing actually. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for being such a good audience. So uh, stimulating too. <laughs> So uh, I, I think your experiences are much ahead than what we can even ask you of the things. But all this uh, as as you know, it, uh, devotees like us or people who are aspiring to progress in this uh, path, uh, uh, as you have all this experience of what you said, Atma and Atma, not that we reach that. Uh, how did the the role of the parampara came into uh, you know how how was how was the uh, you know uh, parampara helped like the dependence on guru and all can you uh, emphasize on if the destination is krishna how is uh, your experience on the parampara helped you to oh well, yeah sure because the 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 the, the, the Prabhupada and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, it's all their mercy, you know, that, that, that gives us there. And these devotees are Krishna's eternal associates. Krishna's never alone. He's always surrounded by his, his devotees. I mean, let me just <coughs> conclude with one important point, that Krishna, God has a religion. <laughs> He worships devotees. <laughs> That's what Lord Chaitanya is showing, that this is, this is, uh, first of all, God himself thinks it's better to be a devotee than to be God. And so in order to taste that, you know, he, become, he takes the form of Lord Chaitanya. 
so so that as 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 Lord, he can fully appreciate his devotee. The Srimadhi Radharani. So that's his religion. So spiritual bliss is ever increasing because of the interactions. Uh, down here, those people who are enjoying with Krishna and experiencing what's really going on have taken the time to bring more people. And that, that's why we're here today. We're sort of been trained for entrance into the party. The very big party that's, that, that's always increasing. And it, to, to me, it's a very interesting thing that, that Krishna is surrounded by incredibly, unbelievably perfect, wonderful devotees. And he still wants a relationship with each one of us. That he sees something in me and something in you that he wants. Because we're, each individual is, is unique, is one of a kind. And, and, and that we have some contribution to make toward the divine life. And, and he wants to bring us into it to increase the ocean of transcendental bliss. And I'm done with and it's always increasing. And that, that's what life or so wants us. So he, he actually. There's something we don't maybe see it in ourselves, but there's something that he values, and that if we are developed fully, we can make that contribution. Okay, we'll stop there. Religious Prabhu, you've given us a lifetime of wisdom seemingly condensed in a way and in a way that we can apply it. I, I wrote down so many sutras that I could practically live off for a few lifetimes. I mean, just as an example, this last one, difficulty for something that's worthwhile, when you describe describing austerity, basically, and another one, if you think God exists or, or doesn't exist, you're not thinking of God. And these are so useful, and uh, it's knowledge, but it's put in such a way that we can actually, it's a fulcrum, it's a way that we can actually think about our, you know, our, applying it ourselves and, and use it in teaching other people. And you've been, the last two days, have, have, for those who have attended these last couple of days of seminars, we've, we've definitely gotten uh, enough to live off of for a long time, and I felt this was uh, this was a, a life-changing experience. So we want to thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. I hope I speak for everyone. I know I do for making the trip all the way out here to it's kind of Silicon Valley and just uh, sitting with us and uh, speaking from your heart about your deep realizations and giving us a perspective of the Shastra that will help us to come to the next level. Well, thank you very much. Thank I don't think sure. I would have done it without <laughs> you.